This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Apologies for the technical difficulties there. We're working to get that all resolved. In the meantime, we got quite the show for you today. One of those is a reaction to the recent amendment to Bill C-234. That's the carbon tax exemption for natural gas and propane used for grain drying and now not including heating and cooling barns. It was a tight vote there, so I had the chance to speak with uh, Grant McClellan from the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association and the Garner Debald, the president of the Stock Growers Association, to get their thoughts on that, as well as comments from John Barlow of the Federal Conservative Party. Elsewhere, Canadian Western Agribition, they released final attendance numbers for this year's event. Had the chance to uh, speak with event CEO Sean Kindop as well on that. He's pretty happy about the numbers. We'll leave it at that. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Freshwater, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Extreme disappointment is the reaction around the agriculture community as Bill C-234 was amended to remove the carbon tax exemption for natural gas and propane used to heat and cool barns and other farm buildings. It was a tight vote among senators, 40 to 39, in favor of the amendment, and once it passes third reading, it will go down to the House of Commons for debate. President of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association, Garner Diebald, doesn't have high hopes of the bill getting passed. And so I guess with the Senate making that amendment, it really just shows that they really aren't interested in, in reducing the cost of food. And many of the cases here, I think we'll see that, you know, inflation on food and just increased cost because of the, the extra taxes there, you know, due to the carbon tax there. So, uh, yes, very disappointing. CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, thought it was a sure thing to approve. Frankly, we're extremely disappointed. Uh, we had been kind of of the mind up to even two, three months ago uh, that this was going to be kind of a sure thing. Uh, we'd received, uh, I myself and uh, one of our board members had traveled to Ottawa earlier this year to advocate on behalf of this legislation in addition to a number of other uh, issues. But this was definitely one of the issues that we uh, had brought up. And so it's extremely disappointing uh, to see that those amendments pass and go back to the house it means you know effectively we're not going to see this uh, exemption in place before the next election conservative agriculture critic john barlow says now that the bill is returning to the house of commons it will be at the bottom of the pile of other bills before it is debated he says however the conservatives will do their best to speed up the process of getting it back up to the senate we are going to try and look at every procedural tool we have we, we can try and get unanimous consent in the house 
to repeal this amendment from the Senate and get it back to the Senate. That would expedite the process. We are going to try and do that. But for that to be successful, we would need every member in the House to agree. And as we know, uh, the Liberals are opposed to this this bill. You know, for some reason, they, they don't want to uh, give farmers a financial break of close to a billion dollars and lower food costs for Canadians. So it, it really is a, a frustration that the Liberals are fighting so hard against farmers and, and Canadian consumers right now. From a farm group perspective, McClellan says they're going to have to double their efforts in order to change the outcome. From our perspective, we continue to work with our partners at the national level, the Canadian Cattle Association, the NCFA, and we'll work with our local MPs here uh, in the province of Saskatchewan as well, um, continuing to impress upon them the importance of this uh, this exemption. We know certainly the champion of this legislation, uh, John Barlow, very much shares in the disappointment uh, from the industry perspective. Uh, we'll just have to redouble our efforts, dust ourselves off, and uh, and get back in front of these decision makers and, and obviously sharpen our pencils in terms of uh, some of the arguments. And Diebold echoed similar comments. That'll be one, one of the uh, agenda items that we will be dealing with. Uh, there are other things, uh, you know, that we still are, are talking about, but uh, this is a board meeting of, of the stock growers, and, you know, this will be high on the agenda, and, and definitely will, uh, you know, we will have some, I think, hopefully some approach to uh, dealing with it or supporting it, and, and uh, you know, once the meeting is complete. Bill 234 still has the exemption for fuel used for grain drying. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Coming up is the Canadian Western Agribition. They'll have the final attendance numbers. But first, we're going to get the other half of the news, weather and sports for you. Again, apologies for the technical difficulties there. But first, we're going to hit uh, live on location with Cody Glyden from what I hear. Again, you're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. This year's Canadian Western Agribition recorded the highest attendance in 18 years. There were 142,807 people who came to the show, a 19% increase from 2022. And event CEO Sean Kindop is proud of that. He also says the crowd at Real District was positive. Yeah, absolutely. And the best part about our crowd is the positivity. You know, it's and that there's times where it takes a little bit of time waiting in some lineups to get in. But, uh, you know, once people got in, they were quite excited. And, you know, I know that our trade show vendors, um, from the feedback we've got, were seeing great foot traffic as well, which is important for us as, you know, they're here for quite a long time. So if they're seeing good traffic and doing business, then uh, that's also that makes us pretty happy. Some new events introduced at this year's Agribition include Miss Rodeo, the Animal Ag Tech Awards, and freestyle bullfighting. And Kindop says they played a part in the increased attendance. I know that people have just been really excited to get back out and experience Agribition. You know, you wait all year for it. And, you know, we brought a lot of the new initiatives and we brought even some old ones. We had the return to live music every day and, you know, some Spanish bullfighting. But, yeah, yeah, no, the, the new initiatives were fantastic paired with some great weather. And, yeah, we couldn't have asked for a better week. Work on organizing next year's event has already begun. We take great pride in putting this show on, and, uh, you know, our, our team's already been brainstorming on things for next year, and, you know, doing up some wrap-up reports and talking with our partners, and, yeah, we're ready to, we're ready for 2024 to come already. I, mean, I think we're 353 days away. 
and Kendop hopes to top this year's attendance numbers. The goal is always to beat the previous year, but you know I think we I think this year was an absolutely incredible year. But uh, yeah, as Agribish, we always want to continue to get bigger and better, and you know that'll be the goal for next year. Next year's event is set for November twenty fifth to thirtieth, twenty twenty four. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. There's a rather significant bearish outlook for canola for the rest of December. That's according to Jerry Clausen of Resilient Commodity Analysis. He says a large part of this was generated by the Statistics Canada Production Report released on Monday. In the federal agency's report, it increased canola production for 2023-24 from its September estimate by about 900,000 metric tons at 18.3 million, which was the average trade guess ahead of the report. While the canola number was in line with the average trade guess, Clausen also says it surprised many participants. He suggests the trade was now wondering if there is actually more canola out there than what Stats Canada calculated. Clausen says major importers of Canadian canola and domestic crushers were backing away from their purchases, with both seeing supplies being sufficient enough. Protein Industries Canada is partnering with Yuko Agro, Hawks Agro, and three farmers to build out an infield platform to predict and control anthracnose and ascochyta blight of pulses. The project budget is $2.6 million in funding, with $1.2 million coming from Protein Industries Canada Artificial Intelligence Stream, funded as part of the Pan-Canadian Artificial Intelligence Strategy. By utilizing artificial intelligence to address the main diseases of concern in lentil crops, the partners will work to help farmers and agronomists make improved crop management decisions. This can lower input costs, improve disease management and preserve yield potential, all of which help secure Canada's supply chain for ingredient processors and food manufacturers. Building on Yuko Agro's Foresight platform, the partners will develop and commercialize the AI technology for use by farmers, agronomists and retailers. An Alberta investment firm and its Australian investment partner have acquired a nearly 3 million hectare cattle portfolio in Western Australia. The Kimberley cattle portfolio is said to be an established and well-managed asset. AIMCO partnered with Australian agriculture investment management firm New Agriculture on the deal. It followed a public tender process and is subject to regulatory approvals. The portfolio consists of Yugawala Pastoral Company and Argyle Cattle Company. It's a large-scale cattle breeding business spanning nearly 7.4 million acres or largely leased land in the Kimberley region of Western Australia. AIMCO previously acquired Australian mixed farming business Lawson Grains in January of 2022. 
The corporate grain operation farms over 90,000 hectares, a bit more than 222,000 acres, according to the company's website. Smithfield Foods says it will end contracts with 26 hog farms in the U.S. state of Utah in the latest contraction by the world's largest pork processor in the face of an industry oversupply. Pork producers have been losing money as pig prices and consumer demand have struggled at a time of high costs for labor and other expenses. Smithfield, which is owned by a Hong Kong company, says it will terminate employees who support its dealings with farms that raise hogs under production contracts. Layoffs may total about 70 employees, or up to one-third of the 210 workers in Smithfield's Utah hog production operations. The contracts are with finishing farms that raise hogs to slaughter weight, adding that it will continue to operate company-owned sow farms in Utah. Analysts said pork producers need to cut the number of sows or female pigs used to reproduce to return to profitability more quickly. Police in Nova Scotia say a break-in at a facility in Steam Mill has resulted in the deaths of thousands of chickens. Kings District RCMP issued a statement saying the break-in at the poultry wholesale facility on Lakewood Road happened sometime between November 21st at 8.30 p.m. and 11 o'clock the next morning. The Mounties did not say what caused the deaths of the chickens, which were valued at $160,000. Police are asking for the public's help as their investigation continues. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falcon. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, from what the forecast looks like for today, there's going to be some developing showers as well as some wet snow. Yeah, we had one batch of rain uh, pass through during the night. That is now uh, moving north and east. A lot of rainfall to our north and to our east, uh, but they're just some very spotty stuff for the afternoon. Watching, though, a much larger area of rainfall, which is currently setting up across eastern parts of Montana. The storm system itself is going to track just, uh, if not overhead, just to our south, maybe a skosh to our north. It's very close, the actual center of the storm. And the key to why that's important is because the heavy rain is feeding in on the warmer side of the storm. Obviously, we're into some warm air. Temperatures are above freezing. We're uh, getting up to around uh, between 3 and 5 this afternoon. But then we drop back, and it's the, the, the key to the precipitation type is just how much we get into that true warm wedge, which is what comes in uh, for the middle part of the afternoon. I think we get into it for a very short time, enough to get into some at least moderate rainfall and then some snow. Now, the rain is on the warm side of the system. It's not a continuous feed right now, but we're watching this rain that came through earlier. As this moisture continues to feed into the storm, it's going to pull it around, and that's where we're watching for the rain to become briefly heavy at times as it changes to snow, and a general accumulation across the region, two to four centimeters overnight, two to four tomorrow, 
because of the changeover, there could be areas that really get slushy without much accumulation, or it could be areas that get almost double that as we go to more of a heavy wet snow early on. So amounts will be highly variable, almost from point to point, just because of that uh, temperature being right around the freezing mark. We do get to minus two overnight. The wind gusting to 50 kilometers per hour tonight, staying breezy tomorrow, but the snow winds down by midday. Uh, some of us as huge a couple of centimeters, some of us upwards of eight. Temperatures steady or slowly falling to minus three tomorrow. And then things quiet back down, a partly sunny stretch for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Highs near minus four each day. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this period are around minus seven degrees. The normal lows are minus 18. Sun rose at 844 this morning once again, and the sun will set at 455 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province, Nestevan and Saskatoon, they're at 2 degrees, Swift Current at 0, Weyburn and Yorkton are at 4. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Rockland at 6.9 degrees. The cool spot is in South End at minus 9.4. In Regina, a little bit of cloud, a little bit of sun. South-southeast wind at 3 kilometers an hour, humidity at 84%, temperature 4 degrees or 39 Fahrenheit, Barometric pressure at 99.6 and falling. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy. Northwest wind at 21. Temperature 5 degrees. Again in Regina, partly cloudy. South-southeast wind at 3 kilometers an hour. Temperature 4 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. For years, a European ban on glyphosate herbicide has seemed imminent. However, on November 16th, after a great deal of debate, the European Commission announced that it will renew the approval of glyphosate herbicide for a period of 10 years, subject to certain new regulations and restrictions. Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com, spoke with Mac Ross, the Vice President of Trade Policy and Crop Protection for the Canada Grains Council, about the European decision and what it means for Canadian farmers. You know, it really is a positive signal for um, uh, the the ability to continue to reach decisions uh, in the EU that are based on scientific and, and risk assessments by uh, regulatory authorities. And it's important to keep in mind, too, that um, uh, every regulatory agency uh, in the world um, has, has uh, concluded that that the use of glyphosate is, is safe. In 2017, Canada did a full reevaluation of glyphosate too, where it declared um, that the products containing glyphosate don't present risks of concern to human health or or the environment. So it's you know good to see that uh, the EU also, through scientific and risk assessments by national and uh, EU authorities, came to the same conclusion. Is there a, a danger that some countries will go their own way and not follow the EU ruling? Yeah, that um, you know, there's there's the option for uh, EU member states um, to to uh, do their own uh, evaluations and make their own decisions. But you know, at, at the same time, um, we know that. Uh, Glyphosate is, 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 is the use of glyphosate is a cornerstone um, 
of, of reducing CO2 emissions from, from cropping systems and uh, environmental sustainability is, is also a major focus of, of EU and member state policies moving forward. And I think there is a recognition that um, the, the product is safe due to, as I said, it being the, the most uh, widely reviewed substance um, probably in the world. Uh, and, and when used appropriately and according to label, it, it, it is, is, is safe. And um, like I said, uh, a major contributor to reducing the need for farmers to um, cultivate the ground to, to control weeds and, and that reduced tillage helps uh, a number of things, right? Preventing soil loss, uh, conserving soil moisture, moisture and slowing the decomposition of, of soil organic matter. So while um, you know, it's it's heavily scrutinized the product. I, I think there's, in addition to recognizing um, that that the the consensus is that it, by every regulatory agency in the world, it's, it's safe when used according to label. Uh, in addition to that, it's also uh, a major contributor to environmental stewardship in, in agriculture, and, and that's uh, very much uh, uh, a big focus in, in the EU as well. Now, some producers here might say, well, why should we care if uh, the EU bans glyphosate? Let them shoot themselves in the foot if, if they want to do that. But the, the fear was that that would have ramifications for our sales to Europe? Well, that, that's exactly it. Um, so, you know, although I, I mentioned it's, it's a positive signal for the ability to still make uh, scientific decisions in the EU. It's also a, a real positive single, signal for the continued use of glyphosate um, in an integrated weed management approach within Canada as well. Uh, and that's because if, if any pesticide um, is no longer registered in, in the EU, almost always it has its EU maximum residue limits fall to the 0.01 parts per million default level within a few years after that, that deregistration. So the, the maximum residue limiter, MRL, as, as many will likely know, is the maximum amount of pesticide residue that is allowed to remain on a crop um, when the product is acute, uh, used according to label directions. So not a, um, a measure to, uh, of health and safety, but a, a measure used to facilitate trade. And um, as, as you'll know, the EU is, is an extremely important uh, export market for Canadian agriculture. So that would be very difficult for our ability to continue to supply grain that had been treated with, with glyphosate um, to the EU if they were to pull the, the maximum residue limit or, or have it fall to a near zero level. That was Mac Ross, the Vice President of Trade Policy and Crop Protection for the Canada Grains Council. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. On the other side of the break, we'll look to what our neighbors in Alberta are doing, a funding-related announcement for the University of Calgary. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Construction on the new Veterinary Learning Commons building at the University of Calgary got underway last Friday as the plan is to double the training seats to 100. The Alberta government has also boosted funding to ensure we have more 
they have more highly skilled grads coming out of the program. Edward McCauley is the president and vice chancellor of the University of Calgary and says they're very excited about the new building and expansion of the program. Our capacity for diagnostic services, something very, very important across the province. Capacity in terms of increasing our enrollment, enabling the University of Calgary to actually double the number of veterinary seats per year to 100 seats per year. A very, very important capacity that means we are going to be able to create more veterinarians for this province who are urgently needed to serve and fill the shortage of Alberta's needs for veterinary services as well as knowledge that we're creating through veterinary science. Every Albertan knows how important veterinary medicine is to our economy and we can only support those sectors if universities like the University of Calgary train people in in-demand skills so they can keep up with the job market as well as its changing needs, the way in which we treat animals throughout the province. And we could not do that without the incredible support of our partners, like the provincial government, and the incredible support from our community. An example I think people know about quite well is our support from valued philanthropists like Jack Anderson and Wynn Chisholm. Thanks to their generous gifts of the WA ranches just west of here, University of Calgary can offer veterinary students a truly hands-on experience, one that's helped us propel up the ranks of veterinary schools. We might be the newest in Canada, but we're already ranked number three. We're not only the top 50 globally, we're number 34 globally, which is just amazing given the age of the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine here at the University of Calgary. So with this cutting edge infrastructure like this one that's being announced today, whose groundbreaking we celebrate today as well, we're able to do even more. More training, more research, and more support for a critical sector of Alberta's economy. That's Edward McCauley, the president of the University of Calgary. You're listening to SaskAg Today. Up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is up $11.40 at 620.02. Number one red spring wheat is down 28 cents at 322.69. The rest were unchanged. Durham 459.03, feed barley 262.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 631.04, lentils 797.50, oats 296.32, yellow peas 391.05, and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down just a penny at $7.29.5 a bushel. Up next is today's Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Here are the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of December the 6th. A nice little run here with 1,500 head in the short, 425 cows and bulls, a total of 1,925 for the day. This week, the cow trade was a bit lower and the bulls were selling steady. D1, D2 cows, 118 to 128, sales to 133, 134, D3 cows, 85 to 105. These older, weaker, blemished cows, 50 to 70. Cows are averaging 114. From our good Yorkton area here, 1,600 pound cows, they topped out at 136 and a quarter. 
Good bulls, 135 to 145 sales to 149, 150 boulder averaging 138. From that good two-part area, 2,100-pound bulls, they topped out at 155, a job well done there. On to the pre-sort sale, 350-pound little steers at 480, 420-pound red-black exotic steers, 441, 500-pound steers at 409, the 575-pound steers at 382, the 650s at 365. My favorite pen, 710-pound tan steers, 326, the 780s at 310, and 850-pound steers, 293. Onto the heifers, 350-pound little heifers, 410, 425 red-black exotic heifers, 399, 500-pounders, 352, 575-pound heifers, 320, the 650s at 306, the 710-pound heifers, 284, and the 780s at 254. Highlight of the morning, a package of 500-pound red Angus steers, they topped out at 410, and a package of 420-pound red Angus heifers, they topped out at 405. Next week, Wednesday, December 13th, will be our last regular sale for all classes of cattle. And this Friday, December the 8th, bread cow, bread heifer sale expecting 250 to 275 head with three complete herd dispersals, one herd reduction. If you are looking for early calving cows, we have some for you. Sale time, 11 o'clock this Friday. It will also be on DLMS. Don't miss this sale. Should be a good one. And we also have the double KL Semitol complete herd dispersal at Heartland Yorkton on Monday, December 11th at 2 o'clock, 185 head of Semitol, Semitol Angus Cross cattle. This sale will also be a good one and also be on DLMS. So come early for lunch at 12 noon. If you haven't had cabbage rolls for a while, this will be the place for you on Monday at Heartland Yorkton. See you there. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exer. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are still at $174.41 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The latest food price report from four Canadian universities shows prices will continue to rise next year, but at a slower pace as inflation continues to moderate. The 14th annual report by Dalhousie University, the University of British Columbia, the University of Guelph, and the University of Saskatchewan is predicting an increase of between 2.5% and 4.5% in food prices in 2024. Dalhousie University's Sylvain Charlebois, who is the project lead, says grocers will be in fierce competition next year to try and win back loyalty as customers do more shopping around in an effort to save money. He says the competition could lead to mild decrease in the prices of some essential food items. On the markets, the TSX is down 8 points at 20,265. The Dow is up 38 points to 36,093. Oil is down 30 cents at $69.08 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.50 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in funding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskag today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.